0: The athletic.
1: I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne
2: gonna have a crack? He is, you
1: know. Oh,
2: he say brilliant!
1: But geez, he's round the goalkeeper! He's done it! Absolutely incredible! He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked! The supporter who was without a shadow of a doubt giving him lip oh I
0: say it's amazing
1: he does it time and time and time again
0: crank up the music charge a glass this nation is going to dance all night
3: the seven types of January transfer the most West Brom signing of all time who has the most unfinished business with the Premier League and we select the transfer rumour 11 Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Right now, you can enjoy The Athletic for just £3.99 a month. Enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all of our podcasts. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash clichés pod, that's theathletic.com forward slash clichés pod and sign up. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 54 of the Football Clichés pod, I'm Adam Hurry and with me... Almost a year to the day after we began this journey is Charlie Eccleshare. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I think it was
2: a year ago last week, wasn't it, that we, uh, from such humble origins, we uh, just yeah, a couple I, of guys think... chatting about footy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I feel like we haven't really progressed much from there. <laughs> yeah, now I mean, look at us. Yeah, I know, but now we have a year under our belts. We're one year in. Does the Football Clichés podcast now qualify for its own athletic long read?
2: Oh, interesting! Or I thought you said, like, do we get like a star above the uh, where it says football cliches for having having been going a year? But it de- definitely feels like an important milestone.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, if, if you know, if five athletic uh, reporters were to get together to do a massive long read about the year of the football cliches podcast, what would the headline Ooh. be? I feel like we we we've earned an X Y Z. We definitely
2: have earned an X Y, colon y Z colon headline. Yeah,
3: I, here's my proposal: Zoom platitudes, two p.m. starts. And off-camera pints of orange squash. <laughs> One year of the cliches, bud. Because you've got to have you've got to have something you can consume, and you've got to have something sort of.
2: Yeah, you know. yeah, 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 and and yeah, you want something a bit um, at odds with the others, something that's kind of a bit mm. jarring. I mean, I think we could have Nick Miller in the dark. That's something maybe the viewers aren't familiar with, but there have been a couple, and including today, it looks very dark where you are. Like the, no, da- it's well darkened lit. rooms, bit that, le- bit yeah. Better.
3: Yeah, uh, Let me introduce the well-lit Nick Miller. Um, Today we're going to be talking about transfers. This is transfer deadline week, of course. Nick, I think it's going to be quite an attritional deadline day, isn't it? Uh, This isn't going to be one for the purists.
1: Oh, very, very tough work for the, the, the totalizer. Has anyone. Have Sky. I haven't checked actually. Have Sky even bothered to have a totalizer this window?
3: Oddly! I don't know why, but this is the longest period in my life I've gone without watching Sky Sports News. I've got, there's no reason for it, so I don't know whether they've got the totalizer. I don't even know if they've got the countdown clock ticking back through milliseconds.
1: There's bigger things to be worrying about, I suppose, these days, you know? Yeah, I,
3: possibly. Um, but yeah, it remains to be seen if if any business gets done, as they say. Um, before we get stuck into transfers, guys, we have the adjudication panel. Some fascinating things to get stuck into this week. Um, but first of all, before we get stuck into transfers, here's the adjudication panel. First of all, um, on the back of uh, Frank Lampard's sacking at Chelsea, Charlie, it was the inevitable kind of uh, merry-go-round of, of asking managers what they thought of the situation. Um Amongst his Premier League colleagues was the usual, you know, never good to see a manager lose his job and all that sort of stuff. It's you know, results-based business, all that sort of stuff. Um, but Steven Gerrard was asked about his reaction um, <laughs> to um, Lampard's departure. And this is what he had to say. Obviously, gutted for Frank. Um, he's an ex-friend of mine, someone I respect greatly. Um, but knowing the guy, he'll be back before no time. He'll dust himself down and he'll get ready to, to get back involved. Oh, wait, wait there, Steven Gerrard, uh, an ex friend of mine.
2: I know, and I'm really sad. Ex friend wasn't picked up on on the tweet that uh, that trailed it. I mean, that's the headline there. What happened? And also, if he's such an ex friend, how do you still know he's the kind of guy who'll dust himself down? And uh, yeah, and so, he might he might have changed in the intervening years. Uh, yeah, I thought ex friend was was
3: was brilliant. It just yeah, I just um, I worry that Steven Gerrard is you know have, going so well in Scotland, Nick. That um, this must be his first real opportunity to be. Patronizing to Frank Lampard must be, he, he didn't really <laughs> grasp the opportunity. Well,
1: I th- he, he may have. I mean, the, the kind of uh, the obvious explanation for this is a, 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 a um, you know a mild slip of the tongue, but that's boring. Um, <laughs> so m- my th- theory may be slightly coloured by the fact that I'm rewatching The Sopranos at the moment. Right. But you know Not how all- it in th- the mafia—they never they never actually re- make reference to the mafia or mm. a- other mafioso. They always say he's a friend of ours. Ah. So, I thought of it that way that he you know he was kind of um mm. he, he sort of he, he talking like lampard had been whacked over, <laughs> you know, by the Lupatazi you
3: know,
2: but I also wonder um, if Jared does just thinking quite, given he is you know an elite athlete and someone who seems insanely driven whether he does just think in quite binary terms and whereas for most of us friends would be fairly flu a fairly fluid concept he might have you know quite a clear delineation of right he's a friend he's an ex-friend <laughs> he's a future friend so um i, I like to th- i like to think it wasn't a sip of the tongue and it more just speaks to his very kind of regimented uh, organization of his life
3: just really want to know what Owen Hargreaves thinks about it all now, to be honest. Uh, I imagine he's probably quite neutral about it. Uh, anyway, um, Lampard has been swiftly replaced, uh, Charlie, by Thomas Tuchel. And lots of um, immediate chat about how everyone thinks he's going to get on. And uh, whilst we set aside the tactical and technical and political considerations of, of Tuchel's prospects at Chelsea, um, Chelsea's rinse and repeat strategy with manage is so well established. I think we've earned the right now to speculate on exactly how his his... His exit is going to happen at Chelsea. What's his timeline for you? Like, what's going to happen to him? What kind of medium level crisis is is going to usher him out? Yeah, of I mean, I,
2: I in my head, I kind of have about eighteen, a season and a half, maybe by the end, by the end of next season, he'll go out honourably with a trophy, or maybe you know, maybe even two. But it's clear by the yeah. end that bridges have been burnt. He fell out with a lot of players. Um, you know, alienated one or two who were then blabbing about it, and it kind of, you know, all, all fell apart after initially the kind of shock therapy and the not taking any crap was heralded as exactly what was needed. Um, but it kind of ran its course, and then the players we thought, mm, this feels a lot like hard work, and he'll probably <laughs> get sacked if we down tools.
3: I think you've, I think you've got the rhythm of it quite right because. Chelsea sack a manager mid-season and then the the next one gets you at least until the end of that season or the end of next one and then it's quietly ushered out the door in a kind of amicable statement. So I guess, yeah, I think you might be right with that. Um, Nick, very important point. Um, One of the first things that needs to be clarified uh, when a new forward-thinking manager takes over a new job is um, it it appears that he is indeed anti-tomato ketchup.
1: Oh, well, this is huge news. Yeah. I mean... Probably, you know, Europeans probably into mayonnaise or something, you know, equally <laughs> you know, totally I mean, bizarre.
3: Yeah, he personally intervened with Ilke Gundawan's diet at Borussia Dortmund. Oh. Uh, well, one of the things he did was to remove ketchup. So, um, I mean, all Premier League managerial spells now hinge on whether the ketchup was brought in or taken away. And uh, mm. it would seem, but of course, we don't know if Lampard was a ketchup man. So, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing he was. Lampard's so, yeah. very mm. ketchup. Yeah
1: very much in the of the kind of Harry Redknapp school in that kind of ah, <laughs> you, you can have your up back lads yes you know, yes so let's the, assume the, ketchup yeah, the, is the cruel, being cruel the
3: cruel yoke of the previous regime who denied them the hinds <laughs> Charlie a question from listener Sam he says you are organising a defensive wall using the current trend Peter Crouch is in your team would you have him stood <laughs> vertically for height or laying down on the ground horizontally to stop the low shot that's a really good question
2: mm. um I think I I would have him for the um, standing vertically just because I feel like it's very rare and also isn't part of the advantage (laughs) that there's an element of disguise I quite like the fact that the player's almost hidden whereas Crouchy would be too obvious I feel so the so whoever's taking the free kick will be like well obviously I can't go like maybe that would be good you know and that would be a deterrent mm. but um I think I would want him still in the conventional position but I do wonder how that's chosen that feels maybe that's an athletic article how uh, the man who lies on the floor is selected at your club
3: must be in the laminated folder right but Nick I don't think this is a finely poised dilemma at all because um yes you'd want him standing up in the wall for height purposes that's that's you know age-old tradition I just don't think him him being tall is going to really help the the low shot potential because it's it's usually sort of drilled under the wall. So if anything, you want your fattest player under the wall, <laughs> lying down, the one with the biggest girth, right? Well, I I, so I thought that, but for but for a reason that you
1: wouldn't have Crouchy standing up because what you you gain in height, he's he's a very slender man, so you mm, lose right, in, yeah. in width and sort of coverage. So you you know you, you might. You might be laying yourself open to uh, one of those you know, ones that's curled round the wall. Mm. Um, and then you factor in the there. fact that
3: if he was in the wall and he jumped, he'd probably do that little sort of slight twist that they do. Exactly, And the yeah. crucial yeah. question here is, is Peter Crouch wider side on or front on? It, it, it's, it's a tricky one with him, mm. I just don't know. Um, mm. But uh, more questions like this, please, listeners, to get us kicking, kicking off each episode, because um, that was very interesting. But on to the main business, or the first part of the main business, which is um, the various types of January transfer, Charlie. Because the January transfer window is a very different animal to the summer transfer window, which is traditionally full of hope and expectation and rebuilding and all that sort of stuff. January is a much more panicky state of affairs. I think that's that's fairly obvious. It's all about filling gaps mm. and plugging holes. Is um, that is that fair to say? There's no glamour here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was, I remember talking to someone. I heard a recruitment role in football and he was saying you know generally speaking a busy jan- January transfer window reflects pretty badly on the team's recruitment because it suggests yeah. they're kind of you know scrabbling around for short term or just you know as you say f- filling gaps so yeah I-, I think that's fair and that is why you do get some of these slightly stranger eye- eyebrow raising deals.
3: Nick to kick us off um, for the various types of very particular January transfer I offer you January transfers that simply just make sense <laughs> they just look right you know you just you take one glance at them and just think yes yes that that job has been done um, Aston Villa have signed someone called Morgan Sanson who sounds like the most post 2010 Aston Villa signing a <laughs> to me yeah he
1: he's he, he, he sort of uh, based entirely on the name he's one I would fear for uh, but, <laughs> Uh, uh, for fifth for Villa rather because he sounds like one of the players that they might have bought in that batch of um, mm. of players they they bought when Tim Sherwood was the manager. Yeah, who you know, kind of in my head they were all
3: French midfielders who had the same agent. Yeah, I'm pretty Um, um, sure it's just Jordan Veratou and he's changed his name and he's come back. I mean, I I realise I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glossing over a lot of football expertise here, but I don't care. Um, (laughs) Incidentally, Newcastle and West Ham were also interested in this guy, (laughs) uh, which I feel is like the Bermuda Triangle of Premier League transfer. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Um, so it's it's, it's a a stamp of quality. Yeah. um, Otherwise, Charlie, uh, there are very strong whispers of Jesse Lingard to West Ham, which Mm. brings all sorts of... Um, suitability alarm bells. Matteo Vidra to Watford, which almost feels like something we've spoken what? about fifty-eight <laughs> times on this podcast. Is he not already Yay. there? Slash. No, <laughs> no idea. A <laughs> piece, like a piece of, of Matteo Vidra yeah. is at various clubs at all times, um, even factoring in Watford's um, absurd constellation of, of um, sister clubs. Some listener contributions here, Nick, which I, which I quite like. Jack Pierce has, has given us a kind of chain reaction of January 21 potential transfers. Matt Ritchie from Newcastle to Bournemouth on a six-month loan, which in turn sparks Josh King going from Bournemouth to West Ham for an undisclosed fee. And that paves the way for Andre Yarmolenko to join Schalke again on a six-month loan. Now, good thought that's gone into this. I quite like
1: it. It makes sense. It is very slightly scuppered by West Ham being unexpectedly quite good (laughs) this season because Josh King Josh King absolutely screams West Ham are in 16th Mm. they've just changed their manager they need he's got proven
2: pedigree He scored goals at this level yeah
1: proven uh, pedigree they pay I'm going to say circa 5 million pounds over the odds for him um, and it happens late in the window when they've run out of all other options. But now they're kind of winning games, you know. At the, t- at the time of the recording, they're you know, I think they're fourth or mm. or, or similar. Who knows? Who knows these days? Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. Seems to have sort of very much uh,
3: scuppered your, your kind of classic West Ham panic. belly. I think I think genuinely um, Villa and West Ham slightly overperforming this season, or royally overperforming in some cases. Um, has undermined this podcast completely, quite frankly. So um, um, maybe we need to get... Let's just ignore that. Yeah, sorry. Um, (laughs) All jokes up to date.
2: As of summer 2020.
3: Yeah, I mean, we don't live in the now. The Football Clichés podcast does not live in the now. We work on a kind of 10-year rolling average yeah, of, yeah. of perception. And so I think we're, we're still valid. Uh, like yeah. the, st- the structure of the old Argentinian League. where they, they,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. they used to take an average of points. I don't know, Might might still be the case. Basically designed to make sure that River Plate don't get relegated until that mm. season they did get relegated.
3: Yeah, uh, an apertura state of mind on the yeah. Football Clichés podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a tagline. Um, <laughs> Charlie, uh, next up on my little list, before I let you two have a go, um out of the blue, low-key backup goalkeeper moves. Yeah. And and that that's Matt Ryan to Arsenal. Just in fact, ticking that box for another year, thank God.
2: Giving that a little bit of source as well as if a team gets special dispensation to do that, mm. which I don't think they actually did in the case of Matt Ryan, disappointingly. But okay. um again, and I feel like I mention him every week, but uh Paul Jones to Liverpool <laughs> in the mid noughties. Good, good shot stopper, solid, <laughs> uh, good in the dressing room as well, I imagine. Mm. Um mm. Uh, yeah, he. I believe Liverpool got special dispensation uh, to sign him because I think that may have been out of a window. Yeah. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm imagining that.
3: I'd love to get special dispensation for something, and we need to we need to sort of launch that into wider society. I'm not sure. I know, like a parking permit or something like that. <laughs> special special dispensation. Um, anyway, Nick, this is this is a perennial favourite of mine. This is the Turkish Super League recycling service. Um, ticked the box, ticks royally this January by Meza Özil going to Fenerbahçe, which I think it's almost perhaps too high, mm. uh, too stellar a name, you know, historically speaking, um, to be part of this particular subgenre. But then, of course, we do have Danny Drinkwater to Kashim Pasha. I think uh, I think Özil does still tick the box
1: in that he's a kind of you know faded glamour kind of star. He's very much at the top end of that of that bracket. Mm. But Fenerbahçe, I, I, I sort of. Feel have almost damaged their brand very slightly by they've also signed Bright Say Samuel, um, okay. a hugely promising uh, winger from QPR, mm. which I mean, that does not seem a very uh, Fenerbahce signing at all. Well, they're that feels
2: of, too forward looking ra- yeah, rather it,
1: than backward. Yeah, it where's the instant very... gratification? <laughs> <laughs> it, fe- it feels more Bundesliga rather than um, mm. Fenerbahce slash Turkish Super League. Um, they're kind of muscling in on, I don't know. Schalke's territory here. Yeah, He's very Hoffenheim. Yeah, very Hoffenheim. There's
2: something, I feel there's a subset as well of like Turkish Super League but also going there but then kind of coming back to a West Ham and I think of Samir Nasri as kind of the uh, poster boy for that. Someone who, and I think there was a time Adam when I, you were tweeting on this topic and I tweeted saying like Nasri has Turkish Super League written all over him without realising that he actually had already <laughs> yes. made that step. So it, it was think, kind
3: of weirdly out of sync. Yeah, that's the purest form of of um, trying to second-guess transfers when it actually turns back yeah. on you. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you don't feel stupid. You feel, you feel validated. Yeah, anything. exactly. A um, uh, little uh, note on uh, Danny Drinkwater. He's yet to make his Kashib Pasha debut, uh, Nick, because it's been delayed by a freak injury so I saw, the, I saw the words freak injury. I thought, oh, God, what's happened? Did he slip on something? Did he slip on our food stuff? Did something terrible happen in his new Turkish kitchen? No, he pulled a muscle in a swimming pool. So he he
1: injured himself training. I yeah, was going to say, yeah.
3: In. Yeah, wasn't mucking around. He was just doing training. So, you know, sort of running in the water, whatever it is. That's yeah. not that's not freak injury. Can we can we just nail that once and for all? Getting yeah, injured while su- training.
2: That suggests he was doing like a backflip off a diving board or something. He yeah, pulled that- a muscle. <laughs>
1: <It's-> all right. <laughs> Or, or, or I see a kind of, when I hear delayed, W delayed by a freak injury, I can see um, a, a jar of salad cream mm. kind of tumbling in slow motion to, inexorably towards someone's
3: foot. Exactly, exactly. And also as an addendum to that, m- pulled muscles do not fall into freak injury territory. It's just not serious enough. Unless you've ripped it from the bone. Well, wasn't there, so did,
2: didn't injury. someone pull a muscle change in the TV remote? That may have been apocryphal. Mm, but, but I feel that uh, qualifies as a freak.
3: Uh, that I, I there is I know what you're thinking of, but the, the only related one I can think of is Rio Ferdinand straining his knee tendons because he put his legs up on his coffee table. And now that's all I can think about when I put my feet up Every on the time coffee you table. <laughs> it's horrendous. I just think, Rio Ferdinand, this could end your career. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to business. You were right, Charlie, to pick up on the players coming in the other direction, but uh, this isn't a guy returning to the Premier League, this is West Brom have apparently agreed to deal with Galatasaray to sign six-foot-four-inch Senegalese goal machine and buy Deanne. He sounds very West Brom to me.
1: He sounds very Big Sam. It's, Sam, yeah. it's, a kind of, it's, a, it's Sam's playing all the hits. It feels like, I mean, I'm sure uh, we're recording this the, the morning after, or the day after that West Brom got um, pumped 5-0 by uh, Manchester yeah. City. I'm sure this deal was in the pipeline before that, but it feels very, a, a very kind of reacting to a, 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 a large-scale thrashing kind of signing.
3: It must be quite fun, amid all the stress of trying to save a club from relegation, Charlie, just, just going out and buying a striker. It's quite nice, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got to go and pick up a really nice dinner or a pair of trainers. <laughs> this isn't a mundane signing, this, uh, like a transaction. You're signing something... Fundamentally, quite exciting. It must be quite a fun part of the job.
2: It's like back in the days pre lockdown when you're really hungry and you've made peace with the fact, like you know what, I'm just going to buy myself dinner. I'm really hungry. Yeah. I'm going to get something nice, and it's uh,
3: it's extremely liberating. I'm going to go out and get a Senegalese striker with a goal average of greater than one a game. Um, the the payoff being he's thirty this year, thirty. There's there's always a catch.
2: I did enjoy. I was listening to the On Scene and Chapman podcast a week or two ago and they had Steve Maleon, who's the West Brom correspondent and they were kind of going through Sam's targets and it was like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean goalkeeper wants to strengthen their fullbacks. obviously, you know, you want you want some improvement. The centre backs, yeah, they're they're looking. And the base went through every position. It <laughs> seemed like Big Sam hadn't really narrowed it down. It was just basically yeah, a whole new team would be would be great if passed.
3: Well that that leads me on to my next one, uh, Nick. I mean big big Sam is, is, is very good at kind of casually throwing out the kind of positions that he needs to reinforce and explaining why without making it sound too extravagant. Um, which leads us to my ne- our next category, which is kind of new manager bringing in his trusted lieutenants. And uh, after after they got pummeled by Manchester City on, on Tuesday night, he said, all my efforts are going to depend on the next few days and what players we can get in. Um, which is classic January transfer window language. It's getting players in. But it ta- that takes us to a subcategory of getting players in, which is... New faces or new bodies? Faces and bodies—it's the eternal conundrum, isn't it?
1: I think bodies um, sort of signifies a sort of slight, slightly more desperate mm. um, thing. <laughs> yeah, faces just, is just we just, just need. Up. Yeah. yeah f- oh yeah, no, fa- faces freshen up a dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> that you br- you you bring in you bring in a new face. Mm. Like like for example, last summer I, I, you would say that Diego Jotta was a new face in the yes. Liverpool dressing yes. room. Yes. You know they're already quite good. He's freshening things up. Mm. Bodies implies that you know you, you genuinely haven't got yeah a, a centre back. You need you just need a you need you need a warm body there. To, <laughs>
2: exactly, just like sti- just it, a, any a human Sticking being. Sticking with Liverpool, the link with Socrates that was very much a body.
3: Yeah, Socrates.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, they according to uh, David Ornstein's column, they were in contact with him last week because um, they needed a body.
3: I've never heard of him in my entire life. All I can think of is the uh, uh, sadly departed former Brazilian um, midfielder. No, Socrates. you know, so-
2: so- Socrates.
3: Oh, right. <laughs> never, ever heard anyone pronounce it Socrates, despite that presumably being the original pronunciation. Mind yeah. blown. Yeah, Mind well, exactly. absolutely blown. But yes, he would be a body. It's exactly right. But uh, Allardyce, Nick, has brought in Robert Snodgrass, which is so, oh, I trust this guy. He'll, he'll do a job for us. Um all I could picture was him sort of being introduced in the dressing room saying, Right, this is my guy, he's gonna sort you lot out, you look after him, or you'll have me to answer to. He's you win guy.
2: free kicks, he'll swing them in.
1: <laughs> yeah. Almost to a to level of um kind of the other players being suspicious of him, like he's kind of the, the new manager's <laughs> mole who's gonna <laughs> yeah. be
3: that figure must out who hates fear. him. Yeah, yeah. That must always be Yeah. But-
1: I don't know Robert Snodgrass. You know, shocking lack of research here. Haven't looked this up. Has he played for Samanaris before? It feels like he must have done, but uh, I, I can't, with any confidence, point to the club at which he has. That's Cause really he, good he, point. He, actually, yeah, he's he's he's, he's yeah, come from he's come from West Ham, just... but obviously that he wouldn't have been there when when Allardyce was at West Ham. He didn't hasn't played for Everton. Didn't play for Blackburn. Who else I mean, have
3: we got? I mean, looking at uh, Snodgrass's Wikipedia page, all it does is makes me ask: Has Sam Allardyce ever managed Hull? That's all I've got to. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I've I mean, I've undermined my um, football knowledge quite a lot in this episode already, but um, but the fact that Snodgrass hasn't actually played for Allardyce anyway. Really does undermine this whole episode.
2: It doesn't. It doesn't because I still think he could point to him as being like, you know, this is the kind he's got a first class attitude. He yeah, um, calls him snotty. Definitely, yeah. Calls him snotty. And you know, he's he's the last one on the training pitch.
1: It, it also, it also kind of feels uh, Aldous. I think has, has spoken about um, how he's come in and in these in these unprecedented times, he's he can't really do the 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 usual sort of team bonding, you know, golf trips, mess mm. up somewhere. <laughs> That he would to you know raise the spirits of a previously beleaguered dressing room. I now think- Robert, Snog- Robert Snodgrass is a notorious prankster, so maybe <laughs> he's brought Snodgrass in to kind of you know a, a little bit of levity in a time where the usual methods aren't really kind of allowed for social distancing r- reasons.
2: Although presumably pranking has been hit by social distancing as well to some degree.
1: Oh, you can prank on the- you can prank over the phone. You can. True. Yeah. 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 He's. It, loads it of England call-ups. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, England aren't playing in for another couple of months, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> uh,
3: but pandemic and snoggrass aside, surely West Brom aren't allowed to go any more um, morale-boosting away days oh, after taxi Yeah,
2: days. I did think that, yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, how, much, how high can your morale be that Gareth Barry steals a taxi, um, <laughs> as was well-documented at the time? Uh, moving on, uh, well, not moving too far, uh, because, Charlie, another little thing I enjoy about any type of transfer window is, is the concept of the yo-yo striker. Now, I'm treading carefully here once again. Oh, yeah. I know, I know. I don't want to get too deep into not good enough for the championship or the other way around. But um, Charlie Austin has left West Brom to go to QPR on loan, which um, strikes me as uh, ticking that box very, very heavily.
2: A return to mm. QPR, yeah. Mm, um, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you mentioned that. I was thinking about Dwight Gale the other day. I don't know why. But I was kind of what is he is he still at Newcastle? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think so. Yeah he he, yeah, he he is. He's kind of perennially linked with a move away, but things have got so bad at
3: Newcastle that he's played a few games. Uh huh. <laughs> here's here's a, here's a, a transfer window tradition that looked like looked set to die out, but it has come roaring back. Yes, it's the Chelsea ease Nick. I was sad, but also in equal measures comforted to see that Lucas Piazon has finally flown the Chelsea nest. He's gone to Braga on a permanent deal. Um, do you reckon no, he sorry. knows what to do? Like, I've got to move, move house. Oh, he probably did for the other ones. To be fair, <laughs> I'm not sure
1: who the um, presumably Ch- uh, Chelsea have a kind of loans manager as mm. well, the, mm. I mean they'd have to be whoever it is is going to be rushed off their feet. Mm. But Luke, presumably Lucas Piazon just kind of WhatsApps this person uh, constantly, going, uh, "Is there anything I need to do?" And the, the, you know, w- what's what's the latest? And the the guy the, whoever it is is going.
3: You're no longer my concern. You are, you're set free. <laughs> yeah, you're Lucas Piazon no has the left the chat. I mean, yeah. God, what, a, what a pivotal moment that must be for the Chelsea Loney WhatsApp group. But um, nature abhors a vacuum. And uh, don't worry, Chelsea Loney fans, because Baba Rachman has joined Greek outfit Powok for his fifth loan deal away from Stamford Bridge. No, he's, he's still he's still at Chelsea. Big time. Big wow. Time. That yeah. is
2: good. I was thinking like you can't surprise... You can't be surprised anymore by Chelsea. It's after Van Ginkel was seemingly there mm. for about a decade, but Baba Rahman, wow.
3: Charlie, if you were uh, say like a twenty-three-year-old Chelsea midfielder, never going to get a look in the first team, where would you like to go? I mean, it feels like you can just choose now. It Antalya Sports. You get
2: you go to Turkey. I mean, no, I wouldn't. Add, I just, but I feel like that's the kind of
3: that's
2: median coast, answer to that
1: question. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a nice resort town. Yeah. Think, uh, Antalya sport So yeah, you'll. You'll do well there.
3: Nick, where are you heading on loan from Chelsea? Uh, I c- can I
1: choose, uh, I don't know, an island in the Mediterranean, maybe? Something like, I don't know, Tenerife, some, something like that. Oh,
3: right. Oh, I see. Oh, clever. So you're going for an established uh, European league, but on an island. Yes.
1: No, exactly. Chelsea. You 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 get to play in some nice places. Um, you're, you spend the rest of your time uh, relaxing by pool.
2: I'm hopeful as well, Adam. While I'm there, someone will come out and interview me and I'll kind of tell them how you know how liberated I am by the just experience. looking
3: to kick on now yeah um, yeah I, I don't blame Chelsea I don't blame Chelsea it was, <laughs> it was, it was great for me but um, but yeah can I also
1: nominate some kind of MLS side because you have the benefit of the fat contract that Chelsea have inexplicably given you, but you also and you are playing, you know, relatively decent level football. You are probably going to be one of the better players, mm-hmm. but you are also completely anonymous. Where, where if you are particularly mm-hmm. if you are playing in New York or something like that, no one's going to care who uh... you are. So you you can enjoy the trappings, but without any of the hassle. The
3: eternal benefit. This, this is <laughs> this is every player who has ever moved from the UK to the US at any point in the last fifty years you can walk down the street and no one will bother
2: you. <laughs> I think Wayne Rooney even did that.
3: <laughs> Loads of footballers secretly, or not so secretly, just really want to be able to walk down the street and not have anyone bother them. <laughs> Which doesn't surprise me, I suppose. I do have one final subgenre um, subgenre here to, to run past you, Charlie. We touched on it a bit with, with Nasri earlier, but um, the concept of unfinished business. This is a mm. former Premier League forward who wants to build on his unspectacular first spell around three years ago and wants to give you another crack in the Premier League. I've got no names for you here. Nothing's happened in January. Who are we looking at?
2: God, yeah. Who's someone who... <laughs> Amezaki? <He'll>, uh... <laughs> Just linking back to Barkley. Unfinished business. Yeah, who... I'm trying to think. West Ham must have someone like... Like uh, Diafra Sacco. um Someone like that who left uh, enna Valencia.
3: Where is Diafra Sacco now? No, no, he's without a club. Oh, uh he was at Neuchatel Zamax, Of course, he was. Um, I mean, he can't have been. He's only thirty-one. Yeah, I
2: mean, he can't be far away from Sam Allardyce making inquiries because he was really good at under Aladice at West Ham, wasn't he? Yeah, he's
3: in a without kind of a like, club, which makes him easily snap upable.
2: You would think so. At least yeah. get him in on a trial, see how he does.
3: I can see him at West Brom, definitely, mm. definitely. Uh, we've, we've nailed it that's it um although i I just fear that unfinished business is a very strikery thing to say you, 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 can a defensive midfielder stroke center half have unfinished business I just want to tackle someone else in the Premier League i think if you if you're a goalkeeper who's made
1: some high profile mistakes, you can have un, unfinished business okay um but, yeah, generally a striker thing.
2: <laughs> or if you want, I mean, on, on for, for that defence midfielder, I mean, Krejciowiak. Do you remember him went to West Brom? Oh, have, okay. and, and he actually, he for a while, was on what we we're going to come on to, the kind of perennially linked yeah. uh, players. And he, yeah. and he kind of flopped there. I wonder if he has slight unfinished business uh, in the Premier League to show that it was just a, a bad fit at West Brom under Pulis and
3: Pards, I think, when okay. he was there. Okay, I, I'm willing to consider widening the scope of unfinished business to Hmm. non-goal-scoring footballers. Listeners, um, with the help of our friends at Prostate Cancer UK, The Athletic will be putting on 31 football quizzes across February and March to find out who our most knowledgeable subscriber is. And of course, to raise money for a very important cause. The winners of each quiz are going to go through to our grand final, hosted by me, no less at the end of March, where there is a very nice £1,000 up for grabs. And we're going to match that with a donation to Prostate Cancer UK as well. Uh, The quizzes will be hosted by the correspondent for that club or league, and you'll be able to team up with anyone in your household to play. Sign up for a free 30-day trial to The Athletic at theathletic.com forward slash PCUK and register to play that quiz. Um, In the spirit of quizzing, and in the spirit of the cliché quiz, which doesn't get enough of an airing, Charlie, despite you being something of an unbeaten veteran, um, let's have a transfer-related cliche, kids, shall we? Mm. Um, you know the drill. Whoever answers correctly first gets the point, and there are three points up for grabs. C- could still finish in draw, theoretically, for which I have no provision. So l- uh, let's let's see how this goes. Question one, and I want the correct answer from one of you first. Name either of the two terms beginning with S that describe an administrative reason for a move falling through at the 11th hour. Beginning with S. S. Name either of the two terms beginning with S that describe an administrative reason for a move falling through at the 11th hour. Could be wages. Could be medical... Salary. That's just a word. (laughs) Could be image rights. Have you both given up? Oh, snag! Oh, Mr. Nick Miller yes. comes in with that- snag. Snag is correct. You could okay. have also have had stumbling block. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can we s- right. Call yourself football writers? Yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah. In well. any, in anyway, Nick Miller leads one nil in the cliche quiz with two questions to go. Question two: A player who refuses to sign a new deal in the hope of getting a move elsewhere is described as Want a.
2: away. No. Oh, rebel. Contract rebel.
3: Yes, correct. A stumbling run-up, but you got there. <laughs> yes, contract rebel is indeed correct. 1-1 uh, one, one with one question to go. Potentially brilliant, as long as either of you know anything about the language of football. Question three. What do unimpressed fans sarcastically offer to do when an offer reports? Driver Drive a player in, all in, the way to the, to the next club. Ah, damn it.
1: Yeah, Charlie's got that one.
3: Charlie, could you repeat what you said?
2: <laughs> drive a player all the way to their next club.
3: Yeah, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Um, I drive him there myself is what I'm looking for, <laughs> word for word. But yes, you've got the spirit of it, and you you win. You win the cliche quiz by two points to one. Sorry, Nick. It's, it's
1: all right. It's all right. Incredible I, I, my, drama. My answer there was driving to the airport, so I don't, I, 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 you know, I don't know whether that would have been quite the same either.
3: There was, there was a talk the other day, a fan who was a qualified pilot, saying um, he would fly <laughs> someone there. It's I genuinely can fly that, him. Yeah, I, I would happily fly him there myself. I think as well you can get managers. I think, I
2: think Fergie, um, my first memory of that expression was Fergie saying he'd happily drive the player somewhere himself.
3: That would be a tense wow. drive. Yeah, it may have been. It may have been
2: like in that Dwight York in that period where he's trying to get rid of Dwight York. And do you remember in that in the in that year's Premier League years? There's an amazing clip of him like trying to shove him into the Middlesbrough dressing room, and it's just yeah. it's like ah oh,
3: banter. It's like <laughs> oh, humiliating. Uh, I think. I mean, despite the fact that you mentioned Premier League years and every single episode that you appear on, <laughs> I think you might have just you've hit upon the sweet spot of Premier League culture. Premier League years depicting a someone trying to push someone into the wrong dressing room when they return to a former club. That is immaculate. That is Premier League culture right there. Thank you. Thank you for that. I feel very fulfilled. (laughs) Um, Anyway, anyone who struggled in that quiz, you may have better luck in the Athletics' big football quiz nights that will be running across February and March, culminating in the grand final hosted by me. Anyway, on to part three of today's episode, which is the Transfer Rumour 11. Um, We're doing a lot of these um, themed lineups uh, and not because they're just really easy to prepare the morning before, Before we just start throwing names around, Charlie, and before this becomes an exercise in just chucking random names at each other, um, we need to get to the crux of what we mean here. Why do some players just become sort of semi-permanent transfer room and material? What what is it about them that they never seem to sort of get removed from this limbo? Yeah, I mean, I guess
2: like plausibility is an important thing, isn't Mm -hmm. it? So they do, and and maybe they're at a level that has quite a wide spread. So obviously, you know, if you're too good or too yeah. bad, you're not really going to be it, but you want that kind of, you're somewhere where you could probably be going anywhere from kind of fourth to lower mid-table, so I think that keeps you kind of in frequent circulation. It, it helps, I think, probably to be in a position that's often identified as a problem position. Yeah. So, yes. So, yeah, being someone who has, I mean, you basically need a few seasons of, Double figures for league goals, and you're mm. you're quite useful. Or there are often a lot of teams who just need that defensive midfielder, that's a kind of final piece <laughs> yes. in the jigsaw. And so um, I think it's quite handy uh, to be that kind of player as well. And I think it, it certainly evolved. The more kind of knowledge there's been in foreign leagues, that it's kind of you know you want it to be players that aren't too obvious. Mm. Um, so that that kind of helps with with them as well. But yeah, there there is definitely. A type, and a lot of these names, I think people will will (laughs) recognise that have been on that merry-go-round for a while.
3: Yeah, Nick. I mean, fundamentally, fundamentally, these are names that we've just absorbed through consuming, uh, you know, an inhumane amount of transfer gossip over the years, both as both as journalists and just as punters. But a question here, a kind of technical point, really: should you be discounted from this lineup if you have actually moved to the Premier League at some point? I, I feel like that shouldn't necessarily disqualify someone.
1: No, I think as long as you haven't, you haven't eventually moved to the club you are per oh, linked to. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. No, as was going
2: like that, 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 subset is interesting because I, I think then you have quite a strange view of that player. Like I remember Otamendi was someone who for for years was kind of in that spot mm. of being in quite a few clubs, um, and then I, they w- I would never have him now. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. It's, and then they arrive, think, and you're like, yeah. oh wow, that's so that's him. He he exists. He's real. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, it, there's that strange phenomenon of players you get linked with big clubs sort of Liverpool, Manchester United and then five years later do eventually turn up but it's for someone completely different mm. you think, well, maybe this hasn't worked out how you play Janum
2: Villa comes to mind there mm. who again was a perennial solution to Arsenal's lack of defence midfielder and then pitched up at Sunderland I
3: think <laughs> yes. it's like yeah well you're going to play for them eventually so just skip, <laughs> skip the middle um, anyway, let's let's begin this line-up. Uh, Nick, um, breaking with previous tradition, we're going with 4-3-3 now, um, just because it's more fun to have more strikers, I suppose. Tell us about goalkeepers, because I feel like goalkeeper isn't really a position that lends itself to persistent transfer room art. We're struggling for names here, aren't we? A little
1: bit, but um, as uh, when I uh, put the, the call out on Twitter earlier on, someone very, uh, if I may say so, boringly, but quite correctly, just noted there are just fewer goalkeepers.
3: So, you know... <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, but yeah. but they're not the the
3: they. they, they um, but they don't capture imagination at the same time. So that's, there's a there's a cultural reason for this, surely. Exactly.
1: Well, yeah, and I don't know. You, there, there are. Um, I think this is more of a thing to do with like promising young English goalkeepers. I think you see more that's of true. those. Like Frankie Fielding was was <laughs> for years and years the kind of, the, the, the um, touted as the sort of next big thing of English goalkeeping. He's uh, different it, to Frankie Bunn, right? Yes. They're not yes, the same. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, good. No. Um, and yeah, he, he, I think he's one of those players who won about 60 caps for the England under-21s <laughs> um, and was, you know, only touted for a big move but mm. never quite got one. So in terms of the kind of big, Foreign names, not so much. I mean, the 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 one that we have got, the the one that uh, we've got on the list here, that it was a staple was Sebastian Frey, of mm. course. The um the sort of, in my head, the pioneer of the
3: short sleeved uh, <laughs> yes. goalkeeping movement. Although I'm sure there were others before him. Yeah, there, there was the there was a sweet spot of Maverick short sleevedness that I think I feel he's missed that boat. But but he would but he's the only option here, Charlie, isn't he? Someone like Timo Hildebrand,
2: who I only oh. really know from Football Manager, but he feels like a name that was knocking around, um, being linked with, with English clubs. Mm. But I think you're right. I think Nick, you're right, and I think there's also it feels like we're most parochial about goalkeepers yeah. in that we, you know, we, we kind of do veer towards well, you know, it's a big risk bringing someone in for a foreign league to adapt to the Premier League, and 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 also with the homegrown. Uh, which I know is a big preoccupation seemingly (laughs) for a lot of people on Twitter. Um, It often often pays to go English there. And just think of Frankie Fielding, Freddie Woodman, to me, is a name Mm. that seems perennially linked with a club that, you know, they want a number two, yeah, but they want someone who also... You know, might you know might be pushing for the number one position. In a few what is it years?
3: about Freddies and Frankies that just imply? Yep, they'll go about their business quietly as a backup, <laughs> and they're not going to cause you any problems. But they will be ready when they're called upon. Um, it's a good solid name, isn't it? Yeah. But
1: but also the, these goalkeepers are always you kind of read about the glowing reports of these goalkeepers. Yeah, he's the, he's the future of English goalkeeping, and he plays for you know Portsmouth or someone. <laughs> and then you kind of look at him, and he's not in the Portsmouth first team, and you mm. think. Well, all right. He's nineteen, but if he was that good, surely he'd be playing for Portsmouth. Why is he? Why is he good enough for Manchester United or Liverpool to be? He's just really tall.
3: Him? He's just really tall. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah, just really tall and kicks the ball very far. Um, but having said all that, I feel like the the crucial thing here is that Sebastian Frey was linked with Arsenal, and Arsenal at the epicenter of transfer rumor universe. So Sebastian Frey, short sleeve, maverick, potentially blonde, sort of highlighted Sebastian Frey. Is on, it's all sort of the, the rich man's Lionel Perez is our goalkeeper. <laughs> First name on yeah, the team
1: sheet. It, it looked, like a, looked like a hitman in a European thriller.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sort of Jason Bourne beats him up. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, over to right back, Charlie. Um, only one name for me here, and this, um, I'm glad we clarified that you are allowed to have played in the Premier League, and that doesn't disqualify you from this list because it's Hatem Trabelsi.
2: Yeah, he's a great... I mean, he, as, as many listeners will know, he was so far along moving to Arsenal <laughs> that he was in the Arsenal squad, a teat-starting team on one of the Pro Evo games, which was incredible yes. that they were yeah. in their haste. Um, you know, it's like, should we wait until he's actually... Nah, he's definitely going. I'm, I'm sure he's going, just just shove him
3: in. Failed the medical, I believe, which is um, which puts him right at the edge of, of not being a transfer rumor fodder. But there he is. And the fact that he moved to Manchester City two years later... Is immaterial. Uh, does anyone have any advance on this? Because uh, he he bleeds transfer rumour, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, I think uh, he, he he has to be the choice, and I think it also adds something. If you, uh, sure, he did eventually move to the Premier League, but I have no memory of it. Right yeah, now. yeah, that really. When, when, when you said when you said he eventually moved to the Premier League, I I didn't want to interrupt because that's rude, but uh, I did think, did he? <laughs> when? Who? When? Yes. I have no memory of him playing for Manchester City.
0: I
2: believe in the Thomas Cook sort of David James going yes. up front era. Yes. That's yes. how I imagine.
3: That's right. That. But yeah, I can't picture him in the kit, which I think is is the threshold for all believability of players playing for certain clubs. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the heart of our defence. Nick um, got a few names to throw at you first. Uh, Simon Kier, who who is Great not shout. the same guy as Pear Just <laughs> to, uh,
1: No, <laughs> that's, that, that has that that, um, that tripped me up a few times. Mm. That one. Ezekiel Garay he's this this is the the zenith yeah. of this. I mean he yeah. he might uh, I don't want to kind of go too early on this but he might be the sort of the peak of the genre mm. uh, altogether.
3: Without um, a club um, really? uh, at the moment as far as I can see so he's not it's not too late for him he's like sort of 35 or so so Man United sign him up do it finally because if they if they signed him think of all the publications that could just repost all their articles from the early 2000s and say well <laughs> Long time going, long time in the pipeline.
2: He probably got as far as how will Garay fit in at United with some of <laughs> yes. up- So they can kind of be dusted down, mm. um, reworked a little bit.
3: Yeah, Ronnie Woolwork <laughs> will be fearing <laughs> for his future. <laughs> uh, yeah, what will this uh, mean for Wes
2: Brown? <laughs> uh,
3: a couple of other names uh, for you, Nick. Uh, Philip Mexes, who I don't want to go into great mm. detail on because I'm thinking I'm inclined to rest him. For the rather higher stakes Champions League eleven that we'll probably do next month, so I, I think he's got he's got better things to uh, to move on to. Um, more recently, um, for our younger listeners, do Koulibaly. I feel like he's yeah. he, he is he. Do you think his time is gone? Do not think he's ever going to move to the Premier League? Why hasn't someone signed him?
2: Oh, I've got a great one on that. On that note, is uh, a Pemikano who mm. um, now at Leipzig, and he's. Uh, yeah, he, he's viewed, he's seen as very, very good and has been linked with all the Premier League big boys in a similar way to Kudabali over the last few years.
3: The thing with Upper Meccano is, I mean, incredibly highly rated and lots of YouTube compilations that point out how great he is and uh, obviously a good Champions League pedigree now. But um, sometimes I go to his Wikipedia page um, just to find sort of a chink in the armour here and then you look at his height and he's only six foot one and I, I'm convinced that's why someone hasn't signed him. Um, everyone's great looking leap. for a Van Dyke figure. But if you're only six foot one, you cannot be Van Dyke.
2: Great leap, I'm going to presume.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Like like Chris Perry back in the day. Um, Cannavaro and Chris Perry. Yeah. Um, one more name to throw at you uh, for, for my centre-backs, and then I'll, I'll open the floor to you guys. Perhaps the longest-serving transfer rumour man of all time. It's uh, Rod Fanny, Nick. Most recently seen in, in MLS, but still beavering away at the age of 39 for Montreal Impact. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Linked for so long with the Premier League, and I, I don't want to be cynical and assume it was just because of his funny name. Uh, there must have been <laughs> some sort of footballing ability there that made him, you know, a viable Premier League target. Well,
1: uh, I'd like to compare uh, Rod Fanny to the band Baby Bird, and hear me out on this. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Rod Fanny obviously got a uh, he got a lot of attention because of his uh, his name, which is amusing to some people. I'm not really <laughs> sure why. So, it's almost kind of a, like a novelty figure. So, Baby Bird obviously had the, their big hit "You're Gorgeous," slightly novelty, the song. immortal, yeah, it's, it's like you know, a very song that was very easy to make fun of. But then they were it, when you could have read about them in you know Q or Select magazine or something like that. They were you know, very highly thought of by the by the kind of the you know indie music intelligentsia. So, you, you know, it's critically acclaimed, but also with a kind of hint <laughs> of novelty about them. So that, you know, you would see all the, 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 the Rod Fanny eventually. I think he signed for someone quite good. Uh, eventually, he went Hadn't to Charlton. His, well, well, no, like, oh, as okay. in 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 his kind of previous, oh, we went to Marseille. Uh, yeah, 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 Marseille. Yeah, yeah. yeah there yeah. you go. So you kind of, you'd hear the name mentioned and they're saying, oh, it's, well, it's time for Marseille, actually, actually, he must be quite good. So mm. there, there you go, Rod Fanny, football's baby bird.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that is just an immaculate analogy, possibly one of the best we've ever had. Um, he did, of course, get his much-anticipated move to England. He moved to Charlton in February 2016, probably getting relegated from the Championship. Uh, that must be a shame. Well, it is a shame. Um, shame <laughs> for Rod Fanny, but he's still around. The dream is still alive i
1: wonder how much i mean this is a a, a point for kind of the the, the whole of the, the list i suppose uh, rod fanny linked with lots of very big teams eventually ends up getting relegated from the championship at charlton i hmm. wonder do they kind of sit there in the sort of post match misery of getting relegated in the you know in the valley dressing room and th- hmm. he sits there and thinks i was linked with liverpool <laughs> and now i'm here mm-hmm. i I, mean, I just wonder how much those kind of things play on footballers minds
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think they're very aware of those links. Like you, when you, when you speak to former players, they'll they will remember those things with often with kind of crystal clear clarity, and and you know just will ruefully explain that yeah we just just couldn't get it done in the end. Um, so yeah, I, I, ma- I imagine poor Rod was uh, was aware of that. And does have some regrets.
3: Purely for the sheer amount of time we spent talking about Rod Fanny, I feel like he has to be one of our centre-halves. So he's he's right in there. Um, uh, and I think it's a toss-up alongside him between Ezekiel Garay and Simon Kier. Or maybe... I do think, we want Koulibaly?
1: I, I I think it has to be Garay. Okay. I do
2: really like Kier as a shout as well, I think. I mean, mm. you almost want to go with, with three centre-backs. Or, or maybe even stick one of these centre-backs at left-back. But, let, I mean, let's... We could do that.
3: Let's let's just keep open the possibility of playing someone out of out of place. But yeah, Garay and Garai and Fanny, it is at, at the heart of our defence. Left back again. I only have one name for you. It's um, tough times at, at the fullback positions, uh, Charlie. But I'm going for Christian Kivu, who really ought to have signed for earlier Abramovich era Chelsea, shouldn't he?
2: Yeah, or missed the boat there and then went to a kind of Sunderland once he was over the hill.
3: Mm. Or maybe Spurs kind of. Could when be, they yeah. ran our series spurs yeah potentially. maybe no, been, yeah that's made doing him a slight disservice he did win the champions league <laughs>
2: but, i'm trying to think like. as well what was the guy oh Zhirkov. but he, i mean i know he did go to chelsea but he was mm. another one who he made so much sense and i feel like he mm. was being linked with um with that
3: premier league move for a while nick if you can't give us a better left back then we're going with christian kivu
1: yeah, I can't. I, I did think about this for a while. I couldn't. I couldn't think of a, a, a better left back. He. He would also. He, you're right. He should have gone to the early Bromovic era Chelsea because they did struggle for a left back for a few mm. years until they signed Ashley Cole. There were kind of various, various people filling in. Yeah. Galas yeah. filling in there. Isaiah Del Horno, of course. Mm. Um, Ferrera
2: once or twice. We're just um, listing all, um, existing yeah. Chelsea
1: fullbacks now, aren't we? Yeah, and for all the time, Wayne Bridge was just kind of sat there going, hi, guys, guys. <laughs> Still here.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm here, guys. Which reminds me, mental note to talk about Wayne Bridge's punditry at some point on a future episode. Very, very <laughs> curious performance. Um, I, I, I don't want to be mean, but it, but it was, it was worthy of comment one day when I feel like we can get away with it.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
3: Anyway, into our, into our midfield trio. Let's get a nice blend here of, of power and poise if we can. A few names for you, Charlie, just, to, just straight off the bat. William Carvalho, who I of think is yeah. guaranteed to be in this midfield. Uh, Miguel Veloso. Not to be confused with former Bolton lonely Mikel Alonso, Nicholas Gaetan, mm-hmm. who is yeah. very much the Ezekiel Garay of our midfield, Wesley Snyder, who I suspect may be a little bit too stellar for this, despite a being, being a transfer rumor veteran, Julian Draxler, who I think is a very good example of a player linked so incessantly and so feasibly with a Premier League club that he has essentially now played for them. Julian Draxler has had. A promising spell at Arsenal, where he was considered to be the the answer to all their problems, and then fell away, and then. And
2: yeah, then, I th- I think yeah. if that was just added to his Wikipedia page, no one could really object to it. Yeah, completely. This, you know, the the, the twelve goals in thirty eight appearances. I think we'd be like, yeah, that. Good Yeah, feels realistic enough. Let's let's mm. not query that. I'm not sure it needs citation.
1: He's the sort of peak of the the genre of players who are linked, the fans of that club. Don't really know a thing about him, but they exactly. decide with absolute certainty that he's the answer to all of their problems.
3: Exactly, and 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 I I don't think that's a bad phenomenon. I think it's it's it ties in with just it being good to dream. I mean, mm. I don't think you should know everything about the players your your clubs are signing, and a lot of the time it's Championship Manager and FIFA and stuff, which again is is perfectly good way of consuming football and and getting an idea of what a players like. So I I would never I would never um. I would never battle against that, but three more names for you, Nick: Strutman, Milinkovic-Savic, Hamsik. Uh, We've got a lot to yeah. work. with. Here. I'm
1: not. I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure about Hamsik. Actually, I'm not. Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe I've just missed all these. The, the, the he's too
3: talismanic, like isn't he?
1: Or he I was. Too, so.
3: He's let. He left Napoli, so he's too talismanic. He quickly yeah. Google's making sure that he has indeed. Yes, he plays in China now, thank God. Um, yeah, maybe he's, he was he was too entrenched at Napoli as a, as a kind of favourite. I'm removing him from my bullet points as we speak because we have some serious selection dilemmas here.
2: There are a couple of others I'd want to chuck in as well. One who the pedants listening will say, oh, but he did play for Man City earlier in his career. But Adrian Rabiot was linked with everyone <laughs> wow. over yeah, okay. a long period of time and a good range of clubs as well. I feel mm. like you know he aimed for the stars at some point, but also... Um, kind of more mid-table outfits as well. were kind of sniffing around Rabiot. Could they surely get linked with Arsenal? Surely, oh, absolutely. Everyone in this team. Another slightly, maybe slightly more deluxe one. And apologies if I get the pronunciation wrong. Is Ryder Nangalan um, mm. the kind of that the wild card um, all-action midfielder who yeah. um, again
3: a, someone who will solve all of your problems in exactly, one signing exactly. for thirty-five million pounds. He, he's yes. very.
2: Um, sort of noticeable and conspicuous so I feel those two as well um, would be in the mix and I was just thinking Schneider he mm. was kind of five or ten years too late for Allardyce's Bolton I feel like he could have been a really good addition to that team yeah. but uh, but obviously just that you know they didn't um, the paths didn't cross but he yeah I, know I, what you mean. I I think he could have been really good sort of at the tail end of his career you know he wouldn't run around loads but technically was was uh, exemplary
3: Okay, let's nail this down. Uh, William Carvalho, a man who has to be in there. Yeah, linked for years for a move from Sporting Lisbon to a very big club. Should have signed for West Ham, but didn't. Don't actually know where he is now, but pretty sure he has played for Zenit St. Petersburg. Not sure. (laughs) Or am I thinking of somebody else? Uh, But William Carvalho is in our team. He's going to anchor our midfield. We have to have Draxler. Um, former Arsenal midfielder Julian Draxler <laughs> in our minds, um, which opens up. A, maybe we need a bit more of a flair player here. Um, Gaitan, maybe. Can I? Um, Could I throw in a,
1: a, a, a one-run Raquelme, uh, who yeah. wow, perennially linked with Everton? I think to the point where I think he he, he he almost. Actually, did sign for Everton.
3: Oh, really? Do you think yeah. so? It's a realistic proposition. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Or Isco as well, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, an one. Yeah.
3: yes. No, Isco's good because it adds a, adds a nice little current flavour. Yes. Yeah. And it, I feel like it's going to happen, isn't it? And maybe mm. Man City's just the bat boat has sailed, but just below there. I mean, I don't, yeah. again, I don't I can't see him at Chelsea, but.
2: I think maybe in Everton. Um, oh, I, I,
3: yeah, on loan! Yeah, on loan! yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in Everton. 2023
2: 4. Maybe yes. even sooner, I mean, because he was already
1: being linked with a loan to Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, again,
2: just throwing Arsenal back in there.
3: Kind
1: of... <laughs> well, um, he, Everton will also make sense because people could kind of sagely nod and say, well, of course, he played under
3: Ancelotti. Exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, good And
2: presumably yeah. played with Hammers at Real Madrid.
3: Mm. Okay, this is uh, great. So yeah, probably yeah. <laughs> a, a very good, solid, all-purpose, but also bright and creative midfield of William Carvalho, Julian Draxler, and Isco. Um, but now we get to the real glamour end of this of this transfer rumor eleven. It's our three-pronged forward line. Charlie, again, here's a barrage of names for you: Leandro Demiau.
2: He yeah, he's uh, first, I, I, first name on the team. team yeah. Right? He's absolutely in there. I did a piece on um, sort of nearly Tottenham transfers, and yeah, Damiao obviously featured heavily. He was he was linked with them for some time, so yeah, I, I would um, I would certainly put him put him in the team.
3: Uh, my next suggestion for you, uh, a little more subtle, but um, still a very worthy candidate for this forward line, is uh, Yevhen Konoplyanka, the 31 year old uh, Ukrainian international forward, who should not be confused, of course, with uh, Andrei Yarmolenko, the 31 year old Ukrainian international forward. How, did, how has he never moved to the Premier League, Nick Miller?
1: I don't know. Well, I kind of assumed that he, he had at one point. I sort of assumed that Konoplyanka and Yarmolenko played on either wing for Sevilla at some point. Mm. I, I'm, I, a couple I, of UEFA cups under their
3: belt. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I actually do think at least one of them played for Sevilla, and in my head, both of them did. Um, but yes, it's a mystery.
3: I, I suspect there's just a scientific formula, like a chemical formula at some point, Charlie, Um um, that says neither of them can play in the same league at the same time. He's like magnets. The something. league would explode. Yeah, if exactly. You, had both of them. you can't have you can't have both of them um, in the same place. It, it'd be Spider Man pointing at Spider Man in the Premier League. Um, meanwhile, we have Baz Dost. yeah, whose name no. is really fun to read and say, and also he's just uh, again one of those strikers with an absurd goal scoring record, which means he's always going to be linked purely yeah. for that reason. No
2: matter how far his star falls. What was that um, graffiti? I'm not sure if that was the pronunciation, but he was mm. at Wolfsburg. All right, Jack he
3: Lang. He- we call him graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> we call him
2: graffiti. Graffiti. These parts. Um, <laughs> He, I seem to remember as well, because of, obviously to be linked with a Premier League move as a striker it helps to be physical, uh, mm. you know, and
3: score one wonder goal. Yeah,
2: but you know, someone who can operate as a target man helps. Mm. Think of him. Also, a more deluxe option is Karim Benzema, who, mm. like Julian Draxler, was. He was so heavily linked with Arsenal. <laughs> that. It's so Arsenal, unbelievable. There's, there's an amazing thread of ridiculous tweets about um, kind of players in it with Arsenal, one of which was someone claiming that he spoke to Abby Diaby at his mosque and Diaby told him that they were going to sign Higuain. <laughs> there was also one, and I need to remember that these of this right, and, and this isn't met with disrespect, but uh, someone who tweeted that her husband, his, and a big Arsenal fan, his last dying words were uh, Karen Benzema. That was the extent to which (laughs) did Karen Benzema that summer. I think there were a couple of summers. That's my
3: favourite form of transfer rumour. I'm I'm, I'm sick of all these kind of parody, (laughs) you know, beyond parody, my dad's dog's colleague's uncle. I want to hear deathbed last words. It's like Um, the the, the
1: football transfer rumour version of Rosebud.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think given that, you know, Benzema really did get under the skin. I mean, that was one. And and I think just adding a little and add a bit of intrigue to that, Rodney Marsh claimed that he knew someone very well connected with the deal and he told him that Benzema to Arsenal was definitely going to happen.
3: Oh. Um,
2: so there would have been, I mean, he it just should have done. But they, this is a very again, convincing couldn't quite case. Get over the line.
3: Yeah, this is a very convincing case. I, I'm. Kind of inclined towards Benzema, despite his, you know, stellar career at Real Madrid.
2: And maybe he still will. Maybe he will move to West Ham in a, in a couple of years.
3: Yeah, maybe. I, I, mean, I wouldn't totally rule that out. I have class, Yen Hunter Arthur, throw at you, Nick. How do you feel about that?
1: <laughs> yeah, very much in the the in
3: in the uh, the
1: dust basket, I think. The, the, <laughs> the I mean, Dost like, basket. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, obviously, more high profile because he's had he's had some incredibly big clubs, but it, it yeah. sort of feels. It feels wrong to to have him anywhere other than Schalke. And I don't know mm. if he... Do, do, does he currently play for Schalke? I, I got a feeling that he's gone back there. No, didn't he go back to Ajax?
3: Yeah, well, that but was... I think he hasn't yeah. gone Only's back gone to back right. Oh, he's gone back again. Oh, okay. Kind of um, a, the, the European George McCartney. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful reference and duly accepted. Um, so I think we're going to have to go for this kind of heavyweight, uh, doesn't actually work in real life kind of forward line of... Leandro Damiao, who we should talk about because he for all intents and purposes signed for Spurs 12 times and yet didn't there's an incredible yeah. story there i mean he must have he must have been emotionally ready to play at white hart lane and then did yeah. not
2: and i think his career then um, fell off a cliff a little bit, so <laughs> it was a bit of a shame. I mean, Fred, the the striker, I feel as well. He was Ooh, okay. he was um, similarly linked with a Premier League move for mm. for quite some years till he flopped at at the World Cup and that yeah. kind of
1: sadly so, about that for him. Can I also offer Hulk? He was uh,
3: yeah. yes, good quite a lot with Chelsea I think. Mm. and Spurs. Yeah, and and yeah. and most recently Wolves, mm. who had to very politely point out that no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> For, Just know. Uh,
3: three very fundamental reasons we cannot have Hulk in the Premier League. Mainly, he can't afford Hulk. He, he, he also
1: sort of falls into the bodies um, mm. sort of section. Because yeah. w- w- right. uh, Wolves, very obviously, right, w- with Raul Jimenez's injury, need a striker. They need to get a body in. And mm. I think Hulk is currently without a club. So.
2: See Hulk also Hulk. Diego Costa. My yeah. favourite thing about Hulk was Jamie Redknapp used to call him the Hulk. <laughs>
3: Um, Which, well, that but... seals it. That seals it, as I was concerned. <laughs> Pundit getting his name wrong is um, is, is the last uh, the last nail in this coffin. Um, we, and we need someone with a kind of bombastic um, uh, appeal. So Hulk will play on the left side of our front three, spearheaded by Leandro Damião. And uh, uh, Karim Benzema just going wherever he wants, really, just popping up, scoring. Uh, shame for Baz Dost, but he's on the bench, and uh, his time still come. Shame, too, for Yevhen Konoplyanka, but um, that's chemistry. So, can't come. And uh, Klaasian Hanselar, also big claims. But yeah, happy with that front three. So, let's run through our team of transfer rumour stalwarts. Uh, In goal, Sebastian Frey. Right-back, Hatem Trebelsi. A centre-back partnership of Rod Fanny and Ezekiel Garay. Left-back, Christian Kivu. A midfield three, William Carvalho, Julian Draxler and, of course, Isco. And up front, Hulk Leandro Damiel and Karim Benzema. Nick, if if one team had signed all of those players, where are they finishing in the Premier League? Mm. Mm.
1: Uh, I think that, that they'd sort of come third in about two thousand mm. um, and nine. It, I think, and obviously it's going to be Arsenal because you know, looking down that list, you you could sort of plausibly say
3: that most of those
1: players have played for Arsenal at some stage.
3: Um, such is the circle of life, Charlie. This brings us back a couple of episodes. Just how Barclays would that eleven have been? <laughs> yeah it, I mean, Barclays. pretty
2: Barclays some of them are a bit more recent aren't they Rob um, Fanny's really Barclays isn't he Fanny's really yeah he, he's then extremely Barclays yeah. I mean even did eventually play in that sort of era hmm. um, then yeah your Risco's your Benzema's are a bit more uh, but Hulk, Hulk's pretty Barclays yes
3: yes can, very much I can so I Yeah, delighted with how this 11 said it. Unlike some of our previous ones, I don't see a weak link here until someone on Twitter tells us in two days' time. Thanks, Nick Miller. Um, Your expertise here, as always, has been invaluable. Thanks so much. Thank you. And cheers, Charlie. See you again very soon, no doubt. Can't get rid of you. But yeah, cheers. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Um, You would drive drive me to my next (laughs) podcast. I would drive you to your house to do the podcast. Again, yes. And uh, thanks to all the listeners, uh, hopefully plural, who listened this week. See you next time. Cheers. The Athletic.